One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast, the one podcast in the world that answers the only question that ever truly mattered in the whole entire world. I don't care what you say is, I can't even the finals, you can't get in. I can hear from the finals, you can't even get in. And that's where we're going to go today because we're about 10 games away from the end of the season. I mean, mm. real basketball has started. We had the John Morant thing that happened. He's back on the court. I mean, yeah. he's showing, I mean, John Morant. With everything that was happening with him, I mean, LeBron might be coming back today. He's doubtful for today. There's a lot of different ways we can go with today's episode. So I'm going to kick it off to my partner in crime. Jason, what are you thinking today about the current level of basketball? Man, I mean, LeBron James almost coming back is like, it's like Batman's return. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, he literally posted that, like, picture of him in the cryo take. What? Most That's from Dragon Ball. Most of the year. Yes. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> yeah. the one anime I haven't watched. I'm a big anime guy. I haven't, what? I haven't watched that one. It's too many episodes. I can't do it. Oh, um, watch the movies. Watch the movies. Okay. Okay. I'll yeah. try that. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to me that, you know, he's just takes his care of his body so much and he's such a fucking professional at a ridiculously high level. And this Laker team. Because there's so many gosh darn questions in the West. Like, everything's yeah. gone up in smoke. Like, everything. Exactly. Like, the Denver Nuggets are still the Denver Nuggets, but nobody ever believed in them to make it the NBA mm-hmm. championship. You know what I mean? And then we were like, okay, well, Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns are going to put that shit together. Well, Kevin Durant <laughs> only played three fucking games. Exactly. <laughs> one exactly. Of them Charlotte Hornets. One of them was against Dallas and Luka. Neither one yeah. of them defense. We haven't seen them play against a complete team yet. John Morant's mm. out here fucking acting crazy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is like the literally the most controversial man every single time he plays the Golden State Warriors. He's a new Draymond. <laughs> yeah, he's not Draymond. He's right. Like not Draymond. Draymond's a way better player. He's Draymond but, with the attitude, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, like, they don't seem like they're ready to win a championship because they got no. so many fucking mental issues and uh, other issues. We kind of believed in them to do it. We kind of believed in the Suns to do it. And there's not like the Clippers. Like, everybody hates Russell Westbrook, but you know, <laughs> right? he dropped 40. think that they run a good enough offense and they're so gosh darn predictable. Paul George. Paul George got hurt, right? He yeah. twisted his ankle. I don't know how long he's out for. But when <laughs> LeBron's getting healthy, yeah. the Lakers could come out of the West. That's how crazy this is. Like, Wait. <laughs> everybody's getting hurt. Something's bad's happening to every fucking team, Chris. <laughs> you know what this looks like? Reminds me of? No. Hey, you might be thinking. Are you not thinking the same thing I'm thinking? No. no. 2021 NBA playoffs. How does it remind you of that? I don't remember anybody. Everybody being hurt. 
or it's like and it was and it was so weird in the West that it was like teams that didn't look great anymore. We thought they were gonna win. It's the 2021 NBA playoffs all over again. It's gonna be some random team that wins the that wins the finals out of nowhere. Yeah. That gets the right that gets the right matchup in the first round and runs through the West. Gets the right yeah. matchup in the East and runs through it. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those type of type of deals again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the Lakers, man. I, I, it's just they play so well together. They really seem like they really want to win. AD's playing well. You know really good. I mean? Like it's it's everything's coming together at the right time for them. And if LeBron James is healthy, who, listen, who's gonna beat them? Listen, right? <laughs> listen. <laughs> you damn mean, right. He's probably gonna come back, but like, if they. It, it depends on what happens to Phoenix. Because if yeah. Phoenix faces a team like the Kings, for example, mm-hmm. easy first-round matchup. I don't care how good their offense efficiency is. I don't care that they have no more fucking offense in the league. There's a reason why nobody will ever believe in the Kings. It's because it is very well known that when players play in their first-ever NBA playoff series, they always do terrible. Because they have to adjust to the playoffs. Demontis yep. Sabonis has never played in the playoffs. Darren Fox has never played in the playoffs. All the players over there have never played other than Harrison Barnes. But Harrison Barnes is not a difference maker like that. So they're mm-hmm. going to get mollywopped by whoever they place. Yeah. It doesn't matter on matchup or blah, 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 blah. It doesn't fucking matter. Unless they're facing a team like them who's there. This is their first time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but if Phoenix gets Golden State and they have Andrew Wiggins back. Or, you know, they face the Clippers in the first round, and Katie's only played, like, five games. It's going to be an issue. But if they get the Kings, and they get to get to the second round, and Katie gets to play five or six playoff games, they'll put it together, and they'll be, you know, the powerhouse we all expect them to be as long as they're healthy. But, yeah. man, it's so fucking interesting, because if Katie <laughs> doesn't put it together, or if Andrew Wiggins yeah. doesn't come back, and Paul George doesn't come back, and... You know, Memphis doesn't put it together. That's like four huge playoff teams that are just not going to be the same. Right. And it's like, well, I mean, if LeBron's healthy, if, if, Le- if LeBron's healthy, I'm taking him on any team over every other team. <laughs> like that, healthy Bron versus everybody, in my opinion, because it's like, think about it for a second. You have the Lakers, right? The Lakers who are rolled off at the beginning of the season, right? They make a couple big changes at the trade deadline, move Russ. You know what I mean? However I may feel about that, that's besides the point. Move rest, get a lot of young pieces, a lot of pieces that can, you know, that can really work well around AD and LeBron. And they have not played together. <laughs> they've only played with AD. And they've been playing good. They've been playing really well. AD has been really been taking on that really big, <clears throat> I mean, that, 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 that role we were expecting him to take. He's really becoming that player now, even though I'm like, I'm not gonna. I'm never the one to say it's too late to become that player. He's gonna become that player now. Like yeah. over the past couple games, I'm gonna knock on wood. You know, no finger sprains, no brick broken pinky, no, mm. I don't know, overextended thumb. We don't want any of that stuff for um, AD to be out for a whole month and a half <laughs> because of his because of pinkies. But you know, once he comes back, I mean, once LeBron comes back, if he plays tonight, even if he plays next week, I'm still hopeful for the Lakers going forward. Any team that LeBron's on. I'm automatically picking immediately. Yeah, it's so interesting because, like, Andrew Wiggins' controversy, like, I don't really – I don't trust the fact that what is being reported is true because it just, like, went viral from TikTok. You know, the thing about 
But if it is, it's kind of messed up. <laughs> it's messed up. That sounds fucking like I don't know. That sounds crazy. That's I don't, crazy. I don't, if that's true, I'm so sorry for your interest friends, but uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not meaning to laugh. I'm sorry, but the way that it was worded, and the way that it came out, I was like, "Damn, if that's true." For those of you who don't know, the reason the, the story going around, and we don't know if it's true or not, yeah. is that it Wiggins was raising a child that wasn't his, and now he's like trying to figure it out, and that's why he hasn't been playing basketball. Now I wasn't laughing because of that. I'm laughing because of the story and how outrageous it sounds. Like that. That's not. In my opinion, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't have any children yet. You know, I feel like I don't think that's a good enough reason not to play basketball. But that's just me. You know what I mean? That's, that's just me. I feel like that. I don't know. I don't know personally, but I just feel like that's just me. That's not a good enough reason not to play basketball. But everybody's different. He might be taking it differently. Especially as he's going to be raising that child for his entire life. Mm-hmm. So it might be something there was like, you know, the connection. I don't know. I hope that's not it. Prayers up to Andrew Wiggins. However, I hope he comes back to play basketball soon. You know, he was really key component of that, of the reason why the Lakers, I mean, not the Lakers, the Warriors won the championship last year. And without him, they're not the same team, clearly. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. They really need him for the defense and the spacing and three-point shooting. He fits so well in them for them, and they don't really have another option that they trust. Um, you know, but this is the result of this year. You know what I mean? Like, Jonathan Kaminga is the type of guy that you would want to be the three right now, but they're not playing him because they, they care too much about system fit right now. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that with James Wiseman with those big games that he's been having. Like, James Wise is showing so much more skill than we saw with the Warriors, but there was flashes, and there was point in times where we saw that with James Wiseman, but, you know, he never got the opportunity. And, you know, Steve Kerr, for the first time in my basketball-loving time, has become a coach that I view as really making mistakes. I used – for a long time, I thought Steve Kerr never made a mistake. He was always maximized everything. This is the first time where I look at Steve Kerr, and I'm like, you're not really getting the most out of the talent here. Uh, mm-hmm. and I felt like this all year. And that's yeah. why even though when they get in the playoffs, they might still have Steph. That's why it, it's, it's tough to trust them. It's tough because they've shown you all year who they kind of really are. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. Yeah, their road, their their record on the road is atrocious. <laughs> like, how do you how do you become a, how are you a championship team but can't win against teams in their home stadium? Yeah, but they they're great in I mean, great great. What is it called? Is it Oracle? I don't know if yeah. it's Oracle anymore. It's still Oracle. Where they move? I thought they moved. I think it's something else now. Yeah, something else. Wherever they are now, the Warriors court, you know, home court. They're great there, but as soon as they come to Cleveland, as soon as they go to Milwaukee, they're like terrible. It's just like, how is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. And uh, something that I've been hearing a lot about lately is. Which bugs the shit out of me is people are falling off the Boston Celtics, basically. How could you? Like they the basically the <clears throat> the theory that's rolling around right now is because Jason Tatum's hitting a shooting slump. People are theorizing that the Boston Celtics are basically because they're not winning as many games right now. They're 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 still in the number two seed, but they're still not like dominating like they were in the first half of the year. Mm-hmm. 
the Boston Celtics are still the second best team in the East. All right, yeah. like this is the second best team in the league. Still, you know what I mean. And just because somebody's in a shooting slump doesn't mean they'll shoot the stuff. They won't get back on track. Like that's a very natural thing for shooters. Anybody that's ever played basketball, you know, it's a mental thing, right? You get a mental block, and you got to, you know, you try to get enough shots up to get past that block. And basically, it's like people are now putting the 76ers above the Boston Celtics. Like. I watched them play a game. Joel Embiid is fucking ridiculous. Like, yes. Joel Embiid is, I really feel like all time-wise, he's putting himself in a premier spot where you can mm-hmm. have debates with him, top five, top six, top seven, all-time center. I mean, how can you not? The man's averaging like 33-11, being a good defender at the rim. Um, but, you know, people really misconstrued rim defense, but... I really think that, you know, the 76ers are a good team, but they're still not the Celtics or the Bucks. Like, you know, I watched them play a game recently, and I was just still – it's still the same old, same old 76ers for me. Yeah. <clears throat> I just don't really understand how any, how you could be off this, the Boston Celtics so quickly. I still believe in the Boston Celtics. You know, they're still the number two team in the East. I feel like the East has gotten to a point where they might be creeping up on being better than the West at this point, just with the number oh, of teams in there. Close with the teams they have now, yeah. especially with Boston, the way Boston's been playing. And you have to understand that it's just a slump, and it's the regular season, right? Whether they go in, I mean, as long as they stay in the top couple seeds, they're fine, right? But once the playoffs start, that's when we really will know who, I mean, what the real team is again. <clears throat> you know what I mean, like. 76ers will show us something or they won't. Boston will show us something, will prove us right, or they'll prove us wrong. One way or the other, I, I'm not going to be off the Boston subject. I don't care how bad it gets. I'm one. I'm I'm a really critical guy, especially of Jason Tatum, because I think that sometimes he just goes mind blank. I don't know what happens there. But he, has, he doesn't have the greatest basketball IQ at points, and I call him out on it at times, but it's just like I'm – I'm fine with it, okay? I, I understand that there's times and there's periods. Of, everybody's not going to be Curry. They're not going to knock down 50% of their shots every you know, every game. Or, you know, they're not going to have high percentage of shots, especially Jason Tatum when his bread and butter is. And he has a very good green light. So I'm okay with him, you know, chucking up shots for a minute and them trying to put it together and him trying to get past that mental block. Because once they get in the playoffs, then we'll really see, the, the you know, who the real number one seed is. We'll see who that, what, who's a better team really is. So I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I really think that somebody that's underappreciated is Jalen Brown. Jalen yes. Brown's having oh such my a God, yes. season, and I don't care how big of a shooting slump Jason Tatum's in. Don't forget that Jalen Brown's still there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's so special. They play such good defense. Uh, you know, the books are the books. We all know how great they are. And... Uh, you know, something that I definitely disagree with a lot of people with is Jason Tatum's, like, I think people misconstrued tough shot making with inefficient basketball a lot. People don't understand that Jason Tatum's cuffed in the same cost as Kobe, but for some reason Kobe got a free pass for this. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, tough shot makers, tough shot creators have lower favorite percentages. Yeah. It's more shots because it's tougher to make them. Tougher to stop True. them, too. Yeah, and the reason why I think that maybe Kobe might have gotten a pass where Jason Tatum is being, you know, kind of criticized for is because of the name, the organization that he's part of, and where and what he meant to that organization. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you're, you're Kobe was known for making for making and taking these shots. You know what I mean? It was, you know, fantastic. Everybody, oohs and ahs. You know what I mean? It's been years since that. Jason Tatum is now doing this, and it's it should be the same type of, um, I would say, reverence. You know, in the sense that you know that he's he's known to take and make these tough shots, but it's not. They don't really look at him like that. I don't know if it's. I mean, I don't think Boston's a small market. I don't know. I don't think it is. Um, but maybe it's just the name hasn't quite become a household name yet, like Jason Tatum. So it's like it's not like it doesn't have that Kobe effect to it yet. Yeah. Like Jordan, Jordan takes and make tough shots, but you know he he he'd be looked at different than like <clears throat> if LeBron was to do it or something like. Well, LeBron's a big name. Um, if like Jamal Murray would have did that, you know what I mean? If it's a name like that, so a name that's not as big would have been like you know taking and making tough shots. They'd be like, okay, that's and he's and he's missing them too. He's like you know they would look at it a lot differently. I think it's the name. Yeah, I mean like. I think part of the the disconnect here, and I deal with this a lot when I'm scouting prospects, is basically a lot of people that talk about basketball and have basketball opinions played high school basketball. Okay, mm-hmm. and when you play high school basketball and you get coached high school basketball, you get taught what's a good shot and what's not a good shot, and you get taught mm-hmm. to play a pitch efficient basketball. Well, you're not fucking Jason Tatum. People forget that, okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what you got taught your whole life was a bad shot does not apply to these NBA guys, right? True. And, you know, I deal with that a lot with scouting prospects is, you know, the most, like, there's a lot of issues with scouting when it comes to the three-point shooting. A lot of people will get caught up into, okay, this XYZ guy, I'll just say his name, Grady Dick from Kansas. Right, yeah. where he's shooting threes and he's coming off ball screens. He shoots an efficient style of three-point shots, right? It's easier to shoot standstill threes. It's easier to shoot off ball screens. But then we compare it to somebody else that cut shots straight from the three-point line. I'm not going to say names because I don't want to ruin some guys that I love in the draft. But it's yeah. like, okay, those guys are different, right? They're harder to stop. Of course, the percentage is going to be lower. Like, get past this. You know what I mean? Like, the efficient shot cr- shot makers get paid nothing in the NBA. You should ask mm-hmm. yourself why, right? Okay, there's a gazillion of them. Janie Green doesn't get paid. Wesley Matthew doesn't get paid. Joe Ingles doesn't get paid. The no. reason why is because there's a million of them and they don't make a huge difference because it's easy to guard. I'll say it again. It's easy to guard, okay? When the Phoenix Suns had Cam fucking Johnson and Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder on the wings... It was easy to guard them because all you had to do was close out them, and they couldn't do anything. You could have closed out extra hard. Okay, they're going to get by you. Okay, what, 5% of the time they're going to get to lay to make a layup? Like, you don't have to stop that. Okay, they're on the wing, and there's a bunch of space here, and they're not going to do anything, right? Okay, if you swing it to fucking Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum's on the wing, right? And they they close out really well. In most situations, the guy would pass out and swing the ball more. Well, Jason Tatum's going to shot create, right? Like, there's extreme value in those shot creators because they can make nothing out of so- something out of one out of zero. They can make mm-hmm. something out of nothing, right? But standstill three-point shooters are just not as valuable. And I forget how I got onto, onto this topic, but, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's really, it bugs the shit out of me because people were really misconstrued that. It leads them to not really understanding the value of tough shot creators. And it bugs sure. the shit out of me. And that's <clears throat> what I got started on this topic. 
Yeah, so shot creation, like you were saying, basically, to sum it up, it's more valuable than yeah. being a set shooter like a Danny Green, like, <clears throat> like a Jay Crowder, like a, yeah. you know, somebody who can't really create for themselves. They have to have somebody create for them. They're yeah. really those type of basketball players that are standing in the corner waiting for the ball. They need a rust to really distribute the ball and to catch yes. them and give the, put the ball right in the pocket so they can knock down a shot. P.J. Tucker, for example, yes. he's not a Jason Tatum. That's not a guy who you're going to be scared of. Okay, I'm going to put the ball on the floor. He's going to break me down. You're not afraid of that, but you're afraid of Jason Tatum because of the fact that, you know, if he puts the ball on the floor, he might put it on your head. You know what I mean? So KD might put it on your head. LeBron might put it on your head. You know what I mean? Kyrie might put it on your head. Booker might put it on your head. You know yes. what I mean? Like, it's some type of curry. He's, he's going to create mm-hmm. for himself, and he allows other people to create for him as well. So it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a dual threat with Curry. Players like that, they're more valuable in this league than those who are who just who are just 3 and D. The yes. 3 and D player is everywhere. Everybody's the 3 and D player. And for some reason, there is a section of basketball fans that does not understand that fact. So if you think it's really simple to understand, you would be amazed. Like, I got to deal with this shit all the time, man, with comments on our TikTok videos of like, blah, 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 blah. I've had, I, I literally saw somebody have a TikTok video where they said Alex Caruso's a more valuable player than Zach Levine. Let that fucking sink in for a second. <laughs> what the, let that sink the fuck? What the in fuck? There, okay? What the fuck? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back. Go back. Rewind. Rewind. <laughs> I am not kidding. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't react to it because he didn't have, he had something turned off on his TikTok thing. What well, a guy literally said that Alex Caruso does more is more impactful and winning is more valuable than Zach Levine. Was he an old head? No, <laughs> our age. Our age. I'm not no way. kidding. There's a section of basketball fans that only believe what they were taught about the way they played in high school, what their talents were in high school. And how it in, in a, somehow thinks that that applies to fucking NBA players. No, it does not. If you saw Zach Levine in person, trust me, you would change your mind when you saw a 6'6 guy floating fucking air like that and doing yeah, right. right three-point line. Like, like let's, get, let's, let's make it honest here. You're not Zach Levine, okay? You're just fucking not, okay? Don't apply what you learned in high school basketball onto these fucking professionals. It's crazy because it's like I thought that there would be a more clear cut line in people's head between role players and star players, it's and clearly not. it's not. <laughs> clearly it's not. Clearly, clearly a role player. Exactly, role player will have a thirty point game. You're like, oh, it's the best player on the team. It's yes. like, and exactly being had like forty. You're like, nah, it's yes. it's this guy. How? Where does the where does the disconnect happen? It, it it comes with the way people were taught about basketball. Because people get taught what is efficient shot and what is not. Because it only applies to people who played high school basketball. Like, yeah. even college dudes. College dudes can shot great, right? Like, college dudes mm-hmm. have more freedom, right? And each level you go up, you get more freedom because they're more fucking talented, okay? Yeah. Like, goddamn. Like, you didn't have Kyrie Irving playing at your high school, then don't fucking talk about this, okay? Yeah. Because you don't understand it. No, not at all. You really don't understand. You'd it. be amazed what I have to fucking deal with on TikTok people. I'm so sorry. You would just I love reading the comments on, on our comments. You, I, yeah. I see the stupidest shit. You just, uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, <clears throat> one thing I really wanted to go into, and I, you mentioned it earlier, was the Grizzlies, right? Yes. 
John Morant is coming off the bench right now. You know, for the Grizzlies. <laughs> and so, like, play, they're playing good. What are your thoughts? How deep into the playoffs do you think if they can get John Morant back into the starting lineup, you know what I mean, get him back focused, you know, on basketball and basketball only, how deep do you think they can get into the, into the playoffs? Usually I have extreme faith in NBA-level coaches. Because yeah. NBA level coaches are masterminds of getting people to play with as as a team while also balancing their egos of NBA player level fucking guys, mm-hmm. um, and balancing all that in together. But this is a rare situation where I just don't see a way for a head coach to get everybody playing in a winning level this quickly, right? Really. Yeah, in the locker room, like people are gonna have issues, right? Like yeah. John Morant not playing multiple games. I'm sure there's a section of the locker room that's more veteran based. It's like that was a stupid fucking thing you did. How the fu- why the fuck did you do that? Type yeah. of type of vibes from the older guys, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Dylan Brooks is being such a cancer. <laughs> hard. It's really hard because this is the way I would put it. Uh-huh. When I personally view Dylan Brooks. Me personally, I view Dylan Brooks and John Morant as when people go out of their way to try to prove themselves, they're usually insecure about something. Mm. The way Dylan Brooks is acting, the way John Morant is acting, leads me to think that they're not mentally ready to be champions. Right? Like, Mm. think about the champions of past. Think about how mentally ready Kobe was to win a championship. Think yeah. about how mentally ready LeBron was to ready win a championship. They um, would have never done stuff like this, yeah. right? They never would have been seeking attention. They would never would have been going out of the way to – when people go extra out of the way to prove themselves, there is insecurity there. There yeah. is lack of mental toughness there, and that's my – that's my deduction here because you watch any winner that's ever done, ever played in the NBA playoffs, ever won a championship, they never look like this. Kawhi never, Kyle Leonard with Toronto Raptors, they never looked like this, right? Like the Golden State Warriors teams, even Draymond Green was doing these things for purposes. He would mm-hmm. go get a tech because the refs were calling tight games, right? Yeah. Like there was a rhyme and reason to the craziness. Even with Rasheed Wallace and the Detroit Pistons teams, there's a rhyme and reason to the craziness, right? Dylan Brooks is just being crazy to, because there's insecurity there. They they are feeling the insecurity of not really they're not ready to be champions. They don't have the mental toughness yet to be champions. And that's my feeling is even though the roster looks good and the talent looks good and Jaron Jackson looks good, really, they're not mentally tough enough. They're not mentally ready to be on center stage yet because nobody's ever looked like this before winning a championship. They always look calm and composed and just mentally ready. And you could just see the mental strength combined as a unit. You know what I mean? Like you could tell, Mm -hmm. you can tell like Boston looks like that. Milwaukee looks like that. The Warriors still look like that, even though they don't have the talent to win it like that. Phoenix looks like that. The Lakers look like that unit. We're mentally tough. We don't, we don't have to go out of the way to prove ourselves. Right. We don't go out of the way. And there's something there. There's something off with this Grizzlies team 
to the extent of this and the way Dylan Brooks is acting. He's a key player for that team. And <laughs> put that all together, man. I just don't believe in them mentally. There's something wrong here. They're not ready. I'm going to tell you what's wrong. Okay. They're young. They're too young. Yeah. They're just too young. Plain and simple. Because with age comes maturity, comes experience, comes <clears throat> composure. You know what I mean? With yeah. age, you with age you, you, you get a different set of skills. You know what I mean? <laughs> Plus, they're just they're new to this. I mean, they're only been in the league for a couple years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they kind of have to grow up in the league right yes. now. So, like, they're used to being, okay, I can do this and nothing happens. I can do this yes. and nothing happens. You know what I mean? I can do this. As long as we win in games, we're good. As long as we're still showing out, we're good. As long as we're still flamboyant, we're still flashy, we're good. But then you look at the other teams around the league, and no other team looks like that. Yeah. No other team looks like that, but they're just young. Yeah. It's youth. Is youth, you know what I mean? With youth, you know what I mean. You you you're more willing to jump off the you know top rope and be crazy. But when you get older and get more seasoned in the league, which I believe will happen next year, or maybe a, a year or two down the line, I feel like they'll they'll eventually get it. They'll grow into it. Now with the, now the answer to the question that I had posed to you, I would say that strictly off talent and what I think they can accomplish in the way that the West looks as of right now, they can go second round and that's as deep as they'll go. Yeah. It depends on the matchup first round. Yeah. It depends on the matchup, but you know, they have the talent to make the Western conference finals. They have the talent to make the NBA finals. Right. Like, and I think part of the issue is there too, is people don't understand how, how much a great culture can help a team like this. Like if this talent, was in Boston mm-hmm. and they had Bill Russell visiting the, you know, he's passed away, but Bill Russell type guys visiting the locker room and Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and all these, we have a history of winning and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett still around. They visit every once in a while. You know what I mean? Then you'd get to pick the brains of these type of guys, right? They don't have any history like that. And they don't mm-hmm. have anybody on the roster. It's like a Udonis Haslam. They desperately yeah. need a UD type of guy in the bench. Uh, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of NBA teams have went away from having the old vets, but this Memphis Grizzlies teams desperately needs an old vet that's been a champion, right? Um, you know, they didn't really accept Andre Godala. Andre Godala had some issues with them, and basically the front office told him they were going to trade him, so he wasn't, like, really around. But a guy that they just signed that's on the edge of being a guy who's on the roster, a guy who's not, you know what I mean? I just sign him, bring him in. A guy that used to be a champion would really work there. Kevin Love, yeah. <clears throat> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like uh, Warriors teams, you know, Barbosa's out of the league, Livington's out of the league, maybe J.R. Smith. Eh, J.R. Smith was a big leader. Uh, you know, Tristan Thompson, a guy that really understands the mental toughness that it takes to win a championship would yeah. really help this team. Uh, Serge Ibaka. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mental toughness, understands winning. They need maturity and uh, uh, old head voice that they believe in here. Yes, yes, they do. They really yeah. do. That's what they're really missing in the in the Memphis Grizzly locker room. Like I said, they're just too young. They don't have a, a really a really seasoned veteran le- uh, presence besides Stephen Adams, yeah. and Stephen Adams has been close, but he hasn't won anything. And he's, he, you know what I mean? So they just need somebody like that. I will take a TT there, you know, or a, uh, um, 
I mean, not Haslam because Haslam's going to be a Miami Heat forever until he's dust. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's got, but uh, like a um, PJ Tucker. A PJ. T- he won a, oh, yeah. Yeah. PJ Tucker or something like that. Well, he's with the yeah. Sixers now. Um, anybody, really. Anybody, yeah. you know, who has been in some form of capacity in a championship team. But still, I mean, you have to have UD. Don't even play. He's just on the bench after the game. But he's yeah. like, he's still there. He's there for a reason. Yeah. So, I think that they just need something like that there in Memphis. And I would say second round is as far as they go. Um, currently, I mean, as they are now. But once they yeah. get the level of maturity, they get a couple more heartbreaks under their belt, like Donovan Mitchell. They can go Western Conference. And they have to. They have to become more mature, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's, it's go ahead. It's, it's interesting, but you know. When you have to say things and you got to prove it, and you, you they just yeah. all year they've been a joke. They've been a joke to me all year. They really have been. Like, yeah. Until you win it, man, you can say it in the locker room. We want to be champions, right? You can try to say it to other people we want to be champions. But you got to walk with that kind of energy and with the kind mm-hmm. of the weight that it takes to be a champion, the mental toughness that it takes to be a champion. They just. They don't seem like they understand it. They just don't seem like they understand it. And part of it's youth, you're right. Part of it's uh, lack of winning experience as a franchise. They just don't have yeah. anybody to bring in to talk to them about this. What do you have? Like, Mercosol, Mark Kindly, you know, Mike Tony Conley, Allen. Yeah. Like, those are Tony those Allen. are dudes, but they didn't win, right? They don't Zeebo. win at that level, right? So, yeah, yeah it's... It, they just they just need winners there that know how to win. They'll, they'll get there. After they'll, yeah, they'll eventually get there, but they're not there yeah. yet. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> also, like that you mentioned that um, you know about the veteran leadership part because I was listening to a podcast um, a couple of days ago, the All the Smoke podcast, and Paul Pierce is on there, and he was saying that he really was happy that he was able to go back, and he needs to go back more because he saw the importance of really going back and pouring into the young guys. And yes. Kevin Garnett, you know, he said that Kevin Garnett had told him that, you know, he didn't really think it was that important, but he's going to start trying to go back more and being around the Boston Celtics, being around JT and JB, you know what I mean, Marcus Smart, and, you know, guys like that so that they can really pour into them because they have championship experience. Yes. They need to be around the locker room more. They need to be in the practices and, you know, and just show up and be show them that, hey, like, we're here, we support you, you know what I mean? When you see stuff like that, then you're more likely to, I guess, perform better because you know, like, okay, look, I got the older guys behind me. <clears throat> That's why I feel like the Knicks, and I hate to go on a, to jump off, have done it completely wrong. The fact that they have been taking like the older guys out of the mm-hmm. out of the building, they can't come and watch the games anymore. Yeah. Nobody wants to be around James Dolan's team. Yeah, has has really screwed the Charles Knicks. Oakley, that, that yeah, controversy. Yeah, Oakley. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, <laughs> it screwed the I Knicks. Think, I think they still have uh, Dave. Uh, what's that guy's name from the seventies? Point guard. 71 72 championship team. Clyde Drexler. Oh, Clyde Walt, Drexler. Walt Frazier. Walt Frazier. I think Walt Frazier is still <clears> announces <throat> the games. Okay. Yeah. So I think he's around. Yeah, but I would like him to be more <laughs> available in the locker room, maybe. Yeah. I mean, announcing is cool, I guess. But how many of those young guys really know who Walt Frazier is? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, they got to see the banner up top every day they play in the home, home city. <laughs> Yeah, seventy one, seventy two banner. Phil Jackson was a bench player. 
Yeah. No, I have a theory. The bench player on NBA championship teams that nobody ever knows always mm-hmm. become the best coaches. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm. Like, the Boston Celtics, for example, you know who was the best coach from that team? John Thompson. John Thompson coached Georgetown forever, coached Patrick Ewing. Allen Iverson, I had no clue he was a bench player for the Boston Celtics. Phil Jackson was a bench player for the 71-72 Knicks. Steve Kerr is a random bench dude. Greg Popovich is playing on the the bench for, I forget. Right, like, somebody from that Warriors team, it's going to be here, the Iggy, Barbosa, somebody is going to be a great coach. It's going to be some random-ass fucking dude. It's like, yeah. I'm, the, I'm the guy. You know what I mean? It's just so, so odd fucking correlation between bench players and NBA champions and, you know, great coaches. It's really weird, but uh, it's it's funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, bench players, <laughs> not saying this guy is one, but have you heard that Michael Jordan is seeking to sell the Charlotte Hornets? Really? Yes, he's looking to sell his percentage, his ownership of the Charlotte Hornets. Does he realize he's like the worst owner in the NBA for the past twenty years? <laughs> I feel like he is. I feel like it's coming. I feel like that it's starting to click. <laughs> Light bulb Poor is cutting man. on. Poor Mike. You know, I I feel like it's a good thing thing for the Charlotte Hornets because again. For some odd, well, that's not an odd reason. It's very hard for people who are superstars to judge other people's talent because, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of great athletes like Michael Jordan, they think that what made them great is the skill they added onto their athleticism. So they're going to mm-hmm. scout guys with great skill, right? Adam Morrison, they trapped third overall, right? Well, no, your athletic gifts got you there. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. great athletes can understate how important their athleticism was to their greatness. You know what I mean? I think well, that's a disconnect from Mike. He's drafted so many guys that have been like super overly skilled, like Zeller, Cody Zeller, post guy from Indiana, who was drafted like mm-hmm. top five, who could have fucking moved, but he had good post skill. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 an odd thing. Um, great players have issues with that, and. Uh, it's good for Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte doesn't have much to talk about. You know, I hate them more than anybody in, in the fucking NBA. You know, I still think <laughs> that nobody develops young talent worse than them. Um, yeah. Just look at the fact that LaMelo Ball won Rookie of the Year while coming off the bench for the first 40 games of the season. Oh, yeah, that's a fucking issue when you're not winning games. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You draft James Booknight, you draft Kai Jones, you draft JT Thor and Mark Williams, and they don't play more than 18 minutes a game, and you suck. You suck royally. Miles Bridges is on some, you know, you know, not getting played in any games, and they still don't get any minutes. Like, it's just, they're stupid. They're beyond stupid. They don't understand how to develop young talent. Uh, so, you know, good for the, you know, the organization to lose MJ. But uh, if LaMelo Ball is listening to this, which chances are high because this is the greatest podcast in the world. <laughs> L-E-A-V-E. Don't take the money. Leave. Okay? Yeah. Leave. Okay, he probably has to take the first contract because I think teams can match. Teams can kind of hold people prisoner. But when you can leave, leave. Leave. Run far away. Far, far, far away. (laughs) You know something? I've heard some stupid shit this this week. What did you hear? This week of 
people being like, well, you know, in Minnesota, you know, Anthony Edwards is the guy and Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns don't fit well together. And the answer mm-hmm. to that should be trade fucking Rudy Gobert, who doesn't fit with Cat. But now yeah. people are like, trade Cat. He's he's a terrible player. Terrible player. Nobody is more underappreciated in the NBA than Carl Anthony fucking Towns. That's okay? very true. That guy is a top 25 player in the NBA. I don't care what the fuck you say. All right. A center that averaged 27 a game last year, shot about 38-40% from the three-point line, averaged about eight and nine boards, and was a pretty decent defender, is special, beyond special. Like, just because he's playing Minnesota, people don't understand how great Cat is. He can post. He can be in the mid-range. He has a handle. He can pick and pop from the three-point line. He can space from the three-point line. Every once in a while, he can take the ball from the three-point line and take it to the rim and finish where there's a lane there. That's a pretty mm-hmm. freaking amazing center. There's not many dudes that can do that in the NBA. He's a top 25 player in the NBA. He's a better player right now than Anthony Edwards, who people just love because he's so goddamn clippable. Because they love the highlights and they love the fact that he eats Popeyes and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay, he has more highlights, but that doesn't make him the better player, goddammit. He might yeah. be in the future. He's got big upside. It's not like I'm hating on his upside. But Carl Anthony Towns is underappreciated. And if Minnesota wants to do some stupid-ass trades again, because they're the one of the worst franchises in the NBA, anybody Easily. that trades D'Angelo Russell for, for Mike Conley's old ancient ass, when you have a mm. young team, doesn't understand basketball. They do that. Whoever robs them blind of Carl Anthony Towns may be an NBA championship next year. Because, goddamn, that, that guy's... I'm going to throw out names. He's better than Chris Bosh. He's better than fucking Chris Bosh. He's better than Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Bam averages 20. Is he a great defender? Yes. He averages 20. And he's, like, averaging 20 and 5. Like, like throw me a center, Chris. Throw me a center. Um, throw me a center all time. A center all time? Yeah. Oh, Vergeau. <laughs> he's better than Andre Vergeau. You know, yeah. like... Like, for example, for example. You oh, know, Ben Wallace? Like, better than Ben Wallace. Better than Rasheed Wallace. It, um, he's, he's better than so many fucking guys. Like, he's not better than Kevin Garnett and Dirk. But he's, no. like, just below that. Like, better than Chris Bosh. Serge. He's, he's better than um, Serge Ibaka. Steven like, Adams. He's the inner. Better than Steven Adams. He's better than Jaron Jackson Jr. He's, he's, like, he's a special guy. Like, I'm going to say it. You might think I'm crazy. I'd rather have them Demarcus Cousins because Demarcus Cousins in his prime. I'd rather have him than Demarcus Cousins in his prime because he's more healthy. Like he's Cousins, yeah, yeah. And you don't have to deal with the technicals. Like I, it's I would rather have Cat, right? And that's how special he is. Like Cat's ridiculous. Cat's beyond special. But for some fucking reason, people don't underappreciate it because it's just don't like the style of play or some bullshit like that. It pisses me off. Like, Carl Anthony Towns has never had the team built around him. Imagine that. Even before Anthony Edwards got drafted, the team was built around guards. It was built around D'Lo and Malik fucking Beasley. Beasley was a pretty solid player, but god damn it. Right? Like, they'd never been a system around him. Like, if you put him in somewhere that's going to win, like Dallas, for example, you would realize how ridiculous he is. And mm-hmm. it just pisses me off to such an extreme degree that people hate on him so much. And I really hope he goes out of a revenge tour at some point in time. That guy deserves to win. 
And I'm just so it's it's stupid. It's beyond stupid, man. He keeps on these long deal contracts. He needs to stop doing that and leave. Yes. It's clearly shown to you that Minnesota does not care about you. Yes. They they have you, and then they go get Rudy Gobert to clog up the lane so you can't operate and force you into being a three point shooter. Which you're yes. one of the best three point shooting bigs, but still, I mean, like that's not your strength. You can bang down low with the best yes. of them. I mean, it, it's fine. You can do it too. So Rudy Gobert can only does is not does not have a book of post moves. He has oh. one post move, and he's he's a kind of a lob threat. And he doesn't play defense. It's <laughs> not your best option. Then you then you go draft Anthony Edwards, and you make him your franchise. Cat is an afterthought. <laughs> Anthony yes. Edwards is the franchise, and yes. Cat's been there longer and is the better yes. player. <laughs> yes, correct to all of that. <laughs> no other franchise other than Charlotte would have this situation happening. Right? Yes, like even the Cavs when before they had LeBron wouldn't be this dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the Cavs is a terrible organization. They wouldn't be this dumb. Like this is no. this is ridiculous. Could you imagine him, San Antonio? Carl Anthony Towns in fucking San Antonio. Pop would literally fucking nut right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you, it's like, come on. Pop, yeah. pop with that would be amazing. Trust me, you would realize how good he is in fucking San Antonio. You, you, you know what the problem is? Is that that story leaked where Jimmy Butler took the bench players it played against the starters, yeah. and Carl Anthony Towns years. is five years ago. Carl Anthony Towns yeah. is so soft. Wiggins doesn't have a heart. And yeah. It's like that has Wiggins ran the with him. He's an NBA that. champion. He's an NBA champion. <laughs> Cat doesn't have any. Cat is soft, and that yeah. has been ran to the ground, and nobody believes in Cat anymore. Yes. Get past what happened back then. <laughs> it was a hell of an animated video, though. Yes, it was. <laughs> oh my god! Bleacher Report used to do those animated things where they would animate yeah. like crazy things going on. It was hilarious. It was like Game of Game of Thrones parody. Game type Game of Zones. Yeah, yeah, Game of Zones. Yeah, that was pretty. That was that was elite entertainment. I don't know. Why yes, it was. Just do that forever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl Anthony <laughs> Towns, dude. Yeah, there's not. There's few teams that piss me off more than that. But you know who really pisses me off? Portland. You know, Dave, did you hear what Dave said? Dave said some sketchy stuff like, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm going to sit out the rest of the year. I, you know, I got to think about, he was, he was, I thought he was thinking about it. Yeah. He was thinking about trying to leave. Maybe like he said something that sounded like he was trying to leave. And it's just like Dame Lillard for some reason is like the guy that gets cheated on over and over again and doesn't realize he's getting cheated on when like literally like a guy could show you a video of like your uh, significant other doing special x-rated things on it like a video and he would be like bro this is you clipped this you edited this this is not real right like Dave's yeah. like so in denial like dude there is a reason why they traded cj mccullum for pigs and younger pieces there's a reason when you had josh hart and you had all these defensive pieces that they traded them for fucking raw cam reddish and raw kevin knox there's a reason why everybody's under the age of 25 on your team they are rebuilding they yeah. are lying to you in the offseason 
Oh, we're we're trying to win. They're literally. Could you imagine? This is Dame <laughs> Lillard is getting fucking. I don't know what lies they're telling up there. I don't know if they've got to possess. I don't know if they got a voodoo spell on him. But for some reason, he's the most gullible player in the NBA because he buys that bullshit every year. Okay, every like. The, Bro, you can't hide from the facts. They traded for Cam Reddish. They traded for Raw guys. For what reason? They're trying to build for five years from now when you're going to be gone. Okay, yeah. they're just using you to sell fucking tickets. Why don't you understand this? It's not about you being, oh, man, I'm from the city. I, I'm, I'm respectful. I'm loyal. Like, you're being loyal to a ridiculous degree. Your loyalty yeah. is being manipulated. To sell tickets because let me tell you something, Chauncey Billups is a great coach. They play great defense. They try on defense there. They would have kept Josh Hart. They would have traded for Matisse Thibel. We would be talking about them in the playoffs. I really believe that they would make the playoff picture if they didn't make those yeah. moves because they just needed an extra piece defensively. Okay. Uh -huh. Right? Like that would have been great. But they don't want to win. They want no. you to sell tickets, and they want to build for five years from now because that's what's best for fucking them, okay? They don't give a shit about you. Your loyalty At all. is getting manipulated. They are lying to you. They got a silver tongue. They're telling you one thing. They're doing a fucking another, okay? This is like somebody you—this you. you this is the manipulative ex. This is—you know what I mean? Like, this, this is what it is. This is yeah. what the Portland Trailblazers are. They are using you for money, damn— Leave, leave, and hopefully that statement he said meant that he was trying to leave this summer because he he deserves so much more, and he's a time time is not as a side anymore. No, <clears throat> so what the whole thing said, right? Because I was like following it a little bit. So originally, before he made the comment, the Portland Trailblazers they were asking the I think they were asking that maybe the coach or something of that nature. And they interviewed him, and they were he was saying like you know because, even though because we're at the bottom, if we can't make a push, then we're just gonna we thinking about shutting them down for the rest of the season, getting them ready for the next season. I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. If you're not gonna win anything, why would you tire out your star player? And then when I heard, and then you know, as like you did when he was um, <clears throat> talking to the interviewer, and he said like you know I don't know if I will do it. I might you know step away from the game for a little. I mean, step away from the step away from the Trailblazers. I'm thinking in my head like. If he's gonna leave, this is the perfect opportunity to do so yes. because everything you said is absolutely right. They traded away your defensive piece and got a bunch of young talent back. That's they're rebuilding with you there. Are you gonna yes. sit through another rebuild? Are yes. you willing to do that? By the you time the rebuild rebuild. ends, you will be fucking archaic. You will be yes. sand on the fucking field. You'll be dead. Okay, you'll be like <laughs> Egypt now. There's just sand. There's nothing there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be dead by then. It won't be the same. He has too much loyalty. Yes. He has too much loyalty. I wouldn't be loyal to an organization that's not loyal to me. Because if the first opportunity to get a... To get, see, if, they, if the Portland Trail Blazers could get Vic, they would trade Dame in a heartbeat. There's no loyalty there. Yeah. True. They might ask him, where do you want to go? But he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. They, they lie. They lie. It's so Man. obvious. I got, but the reality is... When somebody's lying to you, the only thing you can trust is their actions, right? Mm -hmm. And their actions are saying, we are rebuilding for five years from now, and we don't give a shit about you, Dame, other than you making money for us. You're putting exactly. butts in seats. Oh, mm -hmm. go for 70 points. 
Go for 60 points. You know what I mean? The intrigue. Oh, we want to come watch the Portland Trailblazers tonight. Watch Day and put up 60 for a team that's 30 and 52. Whoa. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's the. That's <laughs> yeah. The, oh, people only show up for Day. Really? Really, they do. That's it. Because they know they're not going to win. Yeah, they're not winning nothing. No. It's a James, like a, like a. I mean, you know, for lack of a better analogy, James, like a side. I mean, Dame is like a, a sideshow attraction, really. They're like. Yeah, come one, come all. See Dame Lillard yes. drop, shoot, shoot from the half court line. Yes. It's so sad. <laughs> yeah, that's just the reality, man. That is the reality. He's gotta go. Yeah, he, he has to leave. We've been saying this for years, though. Like since we started yeah. this episode, since we started this podcast two years ago, we've been saying that. Yeah, he needs we've been to leave. right this whole time. So you know, yeah, keep on saying that until he it's retires. Until he retires, Cat needs to leave. He should. Cat yes. needs to leave. I don't think he should go to Phoenix anymore because Katie's there. Melo needs to leave now. Um, Dame needs to leave. Yeah, those players need to leave. They need they need a better organization, a better opportunity, better environment, so them, for them to be a better team. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. You know who I think will leave? I think Kai is not staying. You don't think Kyrie's staying? I didn't think, I think so at first either. But go ahead. Why do you think he's not staying? I think you can trust the untrustable move. I think mm-hmm. you can trust uh, untrustable to do untrustable things. And yeah, I just think Kai is gonna be in the off season and whatever the flavor of the moment is for him and his mentally of where he's gonna go is where he's gonna go. It could be San Antonio. Man, I really want to play in San Antonio. It's gonna be some stupid ass place probably, or the Lakers, or I don't know. It's just, the only thing I trust Kyrie to do is make a decision to leave somewhere. It, uh, it's, mm. It's not like, you know, he's not a good player. I, it's not like I hate him as a human being. It's just we can trust Kyrie to be Kyrie with the way he moves team to team. Yeah. Well, I will, given, the, given, the, given the situation and how he was traded in the, kind of the middle of the, how he was traded in the middle of the season, you know, and he, was, he said he wanted to go a certain place and he wasn't able to go there because they didn't want to help out LeBron, um, mm. which I understand. It's, it's a basketball. Everybody's it's competitive. Everybody wants to win. But I just feel like it's just not the best place for him at that time. I feel like if he wants to go somewhere else, then he should. Um, I just, I, I mean, I want to see him stay because I feel like he could figure it out with Luca. But I feel like they're not quite getting it yet. And I feel like, and the main thing is when he first was traded, I said this on this on this on our platform here. I said that if they can go deep into the playoffs, I think he'll stay. I think if they could figure it out with a couple games with the games that they had left at the time. Yeah. I was, you know, I was like, if they could figure it out and they can go somehow like deep into the playoffs, something that'll show them like, hey, we have something here, then he'll stay. But I feel that the way that the Dallas Mavericks are going right now and, you know, Luca's used to playing hero ball so much, he's trying to figure it out and Kai's trying to figure it out right now. I feel like they're not quite clicking like they should be at this point in time. And I feel like they're, they're, they're not looking like they're going to be that good of a team. So he might skedaddle because of that. I feel like he might try to jump ship to the better team. I'm going to disagree with you. I think they're not having an issue clicking. They're just so ridiculously bad defensively that it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. unless they're at, they're putting up 60 in a game together, mm-hmm. they have no chance of winning. That that doesn't happen very often on NBA floor. Um, and I think if, you know, Kyrie did stay, I think it would be great. But I I think that he will probably make moves. But if I'm Dallas and if he stays, all I need is three defensive wings. Okay. Yeah. 
three defensive wings would may sound like a lot, but it's not a lot because it's easy to get those kind of guys. And, you know, they get three defensive wings and they get a, maybe a guard rotationally that can defend two, four defensive guys, and now you're respectable. Mm-hmm. And you keep Christian Wood, and you creep JaVale McGee, and you creep uh, that one guy that shoots threes and spaces the floor. They're three good center rotation. Mm-hmm. I think they could go places. They could be an NBA champion. Uh, they just need to sign the right guys in the offseason, which I think they would do. I just don't think Kai is going to stay. Given. I don't think he's going to stay either. But speaking of the Dallas Mavericks, did you hear about the way that Mark uh, – did you hear? Uh, did you see the game, right? The Golden State Warriors, Dallas, where Golden State Warriors got a free two points? No. Did you hear about that? No. Mark Cuban is going to is, is is really bringing a case to say that there was some cheating involved because they didn't let them know. Oh. So the so the refs okay so I'm paraphrasing and I may or may not completely be have everything correct right but I'm gonna, oh. I'm going to say from what I was from what I was watching and things like that and what I was hearing afterwards <clears throat> the refs didn't quite I mean they said so it was the the it was a out of bounds ball or something of that nature. And the refs did say that it was no, it was, it was out of bounds ball. It was kind of they didn't know which way it was going, so they said it was going to be the Mavs ball, right? Mm-hmm. So the Mavs go down the court. You know what I mean? They're ready to take the ball out, but as they're down the court, the ref hands the ball to the Warriors, and they get a free two points. Yeah. Now, in the in that now now you may hear you may think like that's not that big of a deal, but let me tell you, the game came down to one twenty seven, one twenty nine. Wow. So That's those two points really had, you know what I mean? Those two points had made a big difference. Yeah. So it was a lack of communication between the refs and the both teams. And they did, yeah. you know, because no, no, none of the refs, I mean, it, one ref had it right, one ref had it wrong. And they didn't know what they were doing. So they ended up just letting the game play and they got free two points. Yeah, I think Luca got fined because he said that the refs were being paid. He did the money mm-hmm. sign to him. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like. If it's clear cut like that, then Mark Hewitt may have a case. But other than that, I don't really know. I I don't. I feel like that's really messed up. I feel like the refs are terrible, and that there should be some kind of fine for refs when they're bad. But I don't think it's going to change the the director because I mean the the, uh, the way that the game was the way that the game went because it's already decided. Yeah. Yeah. Um, me personally, I think. I think refs. I mean, I don't think Mark Cuban's going to win anything. NBA's not going to let him really keep that going. You know what I mean? To save mm-hmm. face. Uh, but I think the way to save the rest is put more money into them. Put more money into keeping them NBA-only refs. Because a lot of them switch from college basketball to NBA. Two mm-hmm. different uh, rule sets. And, you know, you put that together with... I just think a lot of the best refs are... You know, just it's really hard to be really good in the moment with these ridiculous athletes. Yeah, I feel like a sky cam type of situation, like the camera that we watch, right? We watch a game, we can see things so clearly, right? Some sort of camera like that where they can overrule decisions, I feel like would change everything. All you need is like an earpiece for that guy to just be somewhere in the building, not on the court. Air, please. Okay, blah, blah, blah. You got that wrong, blah, blah. They can overrule everything, right? Mm-hmm. Just through their eye test of that, and I think I think that would be better. 
It would save a lot of time on replays too, because he. Yeah. We usually see replays so quickly, right? It was like mm-hmm. instant, right? And um, yeah, I think uh, some sort of camera, because technology is just just too ridiculously advanced right now to not utilize that to make things smoother. I, I agree. I agree. Um, and then from one crazy finish to the next, did you see the Brooklyn Nets Cavs game? Did not see that. Okay, so. <clears throat> oh, is that when Cat- Donovan dunked on somebody? No, I'm talking about Isaac Okoro hit the game winner. He hit a shot? Holy shit. He hit a game winner. He hit a game winner, right? So, um, Cavs were down three. I think they were down three. Mm-hmm. Three, I think. I think they were down three. Um, they foul. Brooklyn Nets go to the go to the line. And no, no, no. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. They um. Okay, I think. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. So the Cavs were down three. I think the Cavs go to the line. The Cavs go to the line, and they're like um. And, and okay, so I think he, they take a free throw and they miss one. They get the rebound, they pull it back out, <clears throat> and they swing it to Isaac Coro. He's open in the corner, knocks it down. Game. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's game. Yeah. <laughs> That's really I mean, crazy. Whoever faces the Nets in the first round is getting the easy series. They're just not the same without KD and Kai, which is normal. Yeah. No Ben Simmons either. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ben Simmons with his back injury, his nerve injury. So he's going to be out there. Not that I expect him to do anything anyway. He's, like, one of yeah. the worst basketball players ever. But that's besides the point. Well, <laughs> thank you all for listening. You know what I mean? I hope you enjoyed the the conversation today, our content. You know what I mean? Thank you for, you know, supporting, for liking and following and sharing and subscribing on TikTok and YouTube. You know, we're growing this community for us. You know, this is a safe space. So I read all comments. Jason reads all comments. We may think some of them are stupid, but that's fine. It's a safe space. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got anything you want to say, Jay, before we close it out? Hey, there's going to come a point in time, guys, where that draft stuff's going to come around. I'm telling you, whenever the draft comes around, you need to tune in to my big board top 30. Nobody's going to give you guys a better one. I'm already at 60 players scouted. I've watched full games of 60 players, and I've watched two games of uh, 50 players out of the 60. Full college games. That's like hours and hours and hours of effort and research into this draft. When it comes out, must tune in. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, again, thank you, Chris Muhammad. I'm Jason Collins. And we are the Basketball Addicts. Peace. Ouch. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.